Welcome to episode two of SPS. Thanks to everyone who listened to episode one. It was a great chat with Angus Lee. We're getting a lot of positive feedback, so if you haven't heard it, please go back and take a listen. Today, we welcome Eric Paylett, a talented young player who I've had the opportunity to watch develop over the past year and a half as we share the same home court. Eric's raw talent, coupled with the opportunities of the growing game, have him in the position of pursuing a pro career. We talk about that, his early playing days, and the mindset that took his game to the next level. I'm Josh Walker, and this is SoCal Pickleball Stories. So did you grow up in Burbank? Yeah, born and raised uh, here in Burbank. Where did you go to school? Went to Burbank High School. What was that like? It was all right. I was actually super short. I was like 5'7 or something like that. Really? Yeah. So I played basketball one year and I was just a bench warmer and I definitely got out of there super quickly. (laughs) Hit my growth spurt like a little later. What year did you play basketball? Just freshman year. So no sports in um, high school after that. Interesting. So 5'7 in high school. How tall are you right now? I think I'm like 6'1, 6 feet about. Yeah. So you grew after high school? Senior year, I think. Yeah. So no other sports in high school. Interesting. It was sort of tough to compete with everybody growing. After high school, did you go to college right away? Um, yeah, I went to CSUN for my accounting degree, which I have finished finally. It's been tough because honestly, I was distracted throughout that. And pickleball was a big part of that. You know, trying to find that balance was hard because I was um, so addicted to pickleball and just the community as well as doing other things. But yeah, um, definitely was a slow process. But yeah, happy to uh, finally get that out of the way. Well, congratulations on graduating. What year was that that you started college? 2017. So what was it like going to college through COVID? It made it actually a lot easier for me personally, because a lot of professors didn't really know how to adapt to this online um, format. So as a result, the classes were easier, which is not really a good thing as far as like learning material. But I felt the classes were easier and professors were more lax on grading and coursework. Interesting. And so at first you were live on campus and then COVID came in 2020. What happened then? Uh, They just like shifted everybody online and you're just online for about like two years, two and a half years. So how'd you get started playing pickleball? When was that? Who got you into the game? Funny enough, I played like a very different sport to pickleball. It was golf, which is absolutely very hard to pick up. If you try to play golf for the first time, you are shanking balls. It is not fun. So yeah, I was playing golf for a little bit with my buddy, uh, Joe and Kenny. You know, we were playing a bunch of sports, you know, like basketball once in a while, you know, like mess around a bunch, um, just have a lot of fun. So yeah, we were playing golf. We all sucked at it bogey golfers, double bogey golfers, just like slicing everything. And then Joey started playing pickleball with his mom. He's like, yo, this game's really fun and uh, you should come play. And like, yeah, after we golfed, after we all played horrible, obviously, because I was never a good golfer, still not. We went to the pickleball courts at Maxim. I was all over that kitchen line. I was like coming <laughs> all the way up. I was mashing balls and that um, Don, our old ambassador at Burbank, he's like, you can't do that. You can't do that. And I remember I was like, why not? 
like, what, what is this kitchen line? Like, I thought it was just mini tennis, like, because I played tennis before. I thought it was mini tennis. I was just coming up to the line. And then as soon as like that, that kitchen line was there, I started getting a little frustrated. I was like, oh, damn, I can't come up all the way. Like, he kept calling me for foot faults. And like, we, we were just ripping, 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 rip, ripping, ripping balls. Like, yeah. And it was super fun. And then I think any normal person has that experience when they play pickleball. Um, I don't think I've met one person that just has played pickleball for the first time and is like, wow, I really don't like it. And uh, Don was like, wow, you, you know, you're athletic. You could be a decent player. So yeah, that was my first experience playing pickleball. <laughs> cool. So when you first went out, did you guys have paddles or you borrowing them? Uh, I was borrowing Joey and Kenny's paddles. It was some Z5, just wooden plank paddle. Yeah. Yeah. So it was horrible, but it's fine. It didn't matter at the time. And that was during college. What year was that? Late 2019, early 2020. No. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm not sure. I got to look back. But yeah, something around that time. When did you go back for your second time? I remember I met this guy, Victor. And I don't think you've met Victor at the courts, actually. No, tall guy. He's like six, seven. Me and him started vibing so well together. Like, oh my God, we, <laughs> we like I at this point, like there is no dinking in me. And me and him would just rip the hell out of the ball. He's playing with a literal wooden paddle from Walmart. I'm playing with a head paddle. I picked up a head paddle from Walmart. This head paddle was actually really sick. It's still in stock. I actually do recommend it for beginners because it's like a $65 paddle if it's still in stock. Ara knows about this paddle. Um, super, has a lot of spin, really good amount of spin actually. I don't know if it still does, but we would just rip every single ball. Like, And that's where I still do that today. I still crash, like just like shake and bake, just religiously shake and bake. So me and Victor ended up playing a Burbank little round robin set up by our old ambassador Don. It was like eight teams and there was a bunch of OG Burbanks in there. We had Rich and his son at the time. We had, uh, I think we had Daniel and his dad. Yeah, we just, we won that round robin and it was actually really intense because we won every game except for the game where we played Rich and Rich was just, if you know how Rich plays, Rich is super solid. Like he's going to dink, he's going to reset and I just never seen that before. I'd never seen like how that game was played and it sort of threw me for a loop. It threw me for a whole loop and I was like, wow, this is different. And we we lost that game because he was just, you know, just slowing it down on us and like playing very well, very composed and solid and soft. And it was just way different. He's handling all handling all of our power. We still ended up winning and Rich was super pissed. And if you've ever met Rich, this guy's like an old New Yorker and he was super pissed. He's like, all you guys do is bang the ball, bang the ball. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first experience. Uh, when, I, when I came back, maybe a little more like two months, maybe a month. Nice. So from that point on, were you just hooked? Oh yeah. I was, I was hooked after like the first time everyone was super nice. I mean, even, even our old ambassador, Don, he was, he was nice. He's like, here's my card, you know, come play. Everyone's having a good time at the courts. It was super sick. Yeah. And like, I could just tell it was a very friendly space and I've I love playing. I love playing. It was a sort of, it's like, it's like an escape. It still is an escape for me, whether I have bad things going on or good things going on. I don't care. I'm always going to want to play pickleball. It's always like my little space to get out of, you know, whatever I'm doing. Absolutely. That was your first getting to know the game. Who was it that said, hey, Eric, maybe you should dink? Or did you just kind of see how the game was sort of played by the book and then picked up things here and there? Yeah. So like, I think every, every, 
every single pickleball player, if you're semi-athletic, is going to go through this phase. Yeah, Tim Tim Chuko is definitely my mentor. Um, you know, definitely helping me through strategy, definitely helping me through with different things. You probably went through this too. I remember when you came to the court, Josh, like you were just ripping balls and it works. Like if you're going to play two grandmas or two older people and you're ripping balls, um, it's going to work. And uh, as soon as you get somebody that handles it, you're just going to be on the floor. Like I thought I had this game down. Like I don't really understand what's going on. Like I, I was ripping balls. Everything was going great. And someone handles it. You got to switch it up <laughs> all of a sudden real quick. Yeah, there's always that humbling moment. I, I know I got humbled. It sort of reminds me of Rich in a way, but I know I got humbled somewhere where I was like, wow, I need to I need to dink, um, slow it down. I think I watched a couple YouTube videos and maybe that's what happened. But I know at some point, I got crushed by not slowing it down a little bit, obviously. But, you know, that was just me just being hyper and slamming everything. Right. So out of necessity, kind of learned more of the nuance of the game, the, the so, slow game, the soft game. As we know, that, that is crucial, you know, to have both the power and, and the ability to slow things down, reset and dink. Every, every single person will go through that phase of like, wow, I'm just driving and then you will see that it just doesn't work against certain players. So when did you start playing tournaments and why did you start playing tournaments? I don't remember when I started playing tournaments. I think one of the first serious tournaments I did was with Tim Chuko. The reason I started playing tournaments was because um, obviously when you do something, you want to challenge yourself and see what your level is at. Rec play is fun, but it really is a different game. Rec play and tournament play are just are just two different beasts. Someone could be really good in rec, but there's pressure in tournaments. There's a lot of point pressure depending on the score. There's expectation pressure by other people. You might feel like, oh, you're playing this tournament at this level. You should crush. And you know, if you think you're gonna, if you think everyone thinks you're gonna crush a tournament, maybe you get shaky and uh, you know you don't play as well. Even if a team's worse than you, they can a hundred percent beat you just because they're playing unorthodox or they're playing weird. Um, I sort of got off the topic, but I don't I don't really know um, when I started taking it seriously as far as tournaments goes, but I, I knew I wanted to compete in a tournament for sure and see what where your level is at. You know, it's a good gauge of like, okay, I did good in a 4-0. Uh, okay, maybe it's time to bump it up to 4-5 or, or I did I did okay in a 4-0. I'm still in a 4-0. You know, so you, you really gauge your level and uh, duper is not the greatest but, greatest, but it's helped with figuring out your level. So, you know, tournaments are great uh, just to get the experience and uh, to really feel like how grindy pickleball can actually be because in rec play it's more fun but in a pickleball tournament you're really going out there to fight your own mental your own game your own skills and see how well you can actually play so you know i just wanted to see how how i could play i think everyone wants to figure out where they're at you know and not just play rec games um all the time unless you're george if you guys know george uh, <laughs> george doesn't can't play a tournament but uh sorry right. i guess he likes rec it's fine yeah, I think the players we play with, everyone's pretty competitive and it's sort of a natural thing. Yeah. So you mentioned you played a tournament with Tim Chuko early on. Oh my God, yes. That was freaking awesome. You know, Ahmed, if you're listening, you clutched this out for us. We came out super slow. It was a round robin, seven teams. And I knew Angus and Moo were at the time, I think it was like a 4-0, low 4-5 tournament, Tustin, round robin, me and Chugo's first tournament. Um, we're feeling good, except I didn't want to play. I don't come out good first round. I won't lie. Like I don't play good. I, I need a warm up game. Like, you know, get those, get those nerves like settled down. So we had to play probably the top seed Moo and Angus first round. And I was like, God damn it. Like I, and, and honestly, I think I was a little like really tight. And, um, that's the thing. Like, look, like I still 
tell myself this. I'm not going to lose playing tight anymore. I don't care if, if I lose, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose playing tight. I just, I hate that. Um, I don't want to lose on my, on just not playing my game. Anyways, we came out, we lost that game. I was like, damn, like, I'm not saying I was going to win if it was third round, but me and Chuko, you know, we're, we're for sure grinders. I think we're a good, great team. I wish Chuko hadn't stopped playing. I mean, cause he sort of, he sort of brings, cause I'm so quiet on the court, but he sort of brings me up, helps me play better. I don't know why, you know, he's, he's very, he's not, he's very grindy. He's going to play for every point. We end up winning, winning. And we see Amit going crazy, like two courts away. If you know Amit, he's going crazy. Like, let's go, let's go. He's, pl he's playing with this scrub against Moo and Angus and just mentally destroying, like, I don't know. He's just yelling. I, maybe that's what happened. I don't know. I don't know. Angus, if you're listening, I'm not making a funny your game or whatever, but like that game or whatever. I don't know what happened. But Amit's just screaming. Maybe that's what happened. And they beat Angus and Moo somehow. But I think it's because Amit was screaming, you know. We end up winning out and then and then Angus and Moo lose one more. So we got very lucky to uh, win that. But I, yeah, Amit basically saved the tournament for us because it was a round robin. Amit's a great hype man. Yeah, he's super hype. Yeah. You guys had a little run together, you and Tim. You play a couple more? Yeah, we played a couple more. I think I'm I, sorry. I, I don't know, like exactly. I think we won like one or two more. And then he says his fitness is down. I don't know about that. I think he looks great to me whenever he really turns it on. So <laughs> I think everyone thinks he plays well, you know, but he's focused on coaching and his new brand, Senox, which is awesome. I love that paddle. Uh, the Viper is really nice. I'd love to play with him again if he ever wants to get in shape. You know, all he has to do is give me a call. Yeah, you guys make a great team. The fact that there's a competitive amateur tournament circuit what do you think about that? I think it just goes back to everyone wants to know where they're at and how they can compete at a certain level as well as you know tournaments love putting them on because they're making a lot of money you know they're making a ton of money on these entry fees um players just want to just want to win and it, it's it's grindy out there like those cross door, cross court dinks and tournaments they're different <laughs> it just feels really good when you when you grind all day like even through the back draw like if you get a good run through the back draw you get a good run through the through the winner's bracket like it just feels good to uh have a long day and come out with a medal you know, maybe post on Instagram and have everybody congratulate you with the community like, hey, you played great. Like, it's awesome. You did so well at this level, as well as the community. Like you see everyone at the tournaments, you see like your buddies from Orange County. You don't see as much, but you talk to more, you know, you see other players get to network a little bit like, wow, I think, you know, I'd play well with this person. Even the people you play against, you can sort of like be like, hey, like I'd like to run this tournament with you. And then you guys could go up. It's just a constant level of people wanting to play better and be better. And how have you found the pickleball community? I absolutely love the pickleball community. It is 50% of why I even come to play. You know, just see everybody and just you know, you just bullshit with them, just talk about what they're doing in their life, you know, bounce ideas off like what they can do better if they're open to it. Just talk about different things. I don't know. It's just the community is so fun. Everybody's generally so supportive, not everybody, but everybody's generally so supportive of each other. You know, that's something Pickleball has that's unique at every single level, you know, 30405 Pro. Everybody's so tight and just so uh, supportive of each other. I love the community. And, you know, like when I come out to play rec, I don't know, like, yeah, I want to play. But sometimes like more of it is like, yo, let's just see who's there and just like, let's just hang out and just have a good time and hit some balls. Absolutely. 
How did you know that you were getting better and better and, and improving? Aside from just winning games at the park, uh, what did you notice about your game? I just have good split stepping, like lateral movement in general. So that really helps. I, I had the lateral movement, but understanding like where to be at certain spots, you know, when to, when to squeeze correctly, being aware of like where the ball was on the court and where I was supposed to be. And I was sort of like just standing still in a way. Um, but I I got better court awareness at a time. You know, my form's very bad still, but it still works out. But just getting more consistent, just hitting like I talk about, um, it's a different term. We're talking about expected value on each shot. So positive expected value would be a plus EV and then minus EV. So when I started realizing like what shots to hit, I wanted to hit positive expected value shots all the time. So I, I really, I think I started focusing on just like playing and just making every ball, making every ding, making every drop and just hitting shots that are positive EV and not minus EV, you know, because a lot of players, when you go out and play rec, you can hit the minus EV shot, which is just that drive down the line and they're fun, you know, a flashy winner and they just go for them nonstop. But if you go out to the courts and like think about plus EV shots, like making dings, making drops. And like, I really focused on that for a bit because all my expected value on all those shots are positive. You know, I'm going to make those shots and we're going to keep the point going. And expected value doesn't have to be like safe shots as well. They can be speed ups and just speeding up at the right time. Yeah, I just focused on my expected value of every shot being positive. And when I really focused on that, that's when I felt like my game was going up because I didn't was I wasn't just going to the park to just hit balls. I was going to the park to hit plus EV shots. I, that's what I really focused on. Um, I didn't really care about winning or losing. I still don't. Pickleball is just a bunch of points put together, thousands and three thousands and four thousands. And your percentage of winning those points just needs to be higher than you losing them. So I just focused on being positive EV. Then when I focused on that, I felt like my game got higher. That's some great insight. Can you just describe what a positive EV shot versus a negative EV shot is? So like, let's say... A positive EV spot would be if you're playing mixed doubles, obviously, and you know, you get that high yellow ball, yellow being above the net, um, attackable, but it can be it can be softened as well. Where the game is going right now, that high yellow, well, since we were saying play, we we're playing mixed doubles, that high yellow into the girl in front of you, let's say you're playing the left, the girls on the right, that would be a plus EV shot. Let's say you'd win that point about 60% of the time. Whereas let's say someone has, you know, great hands on the other side, that same yellow shot, you know, into Riley Newman, maybe I think that plus EV, same exact ball turns into a minus EV shot because his hands are just insane. I'd rather you like dink that back, you know, not saying to never do it, but let's say over a hundred shots speeding, volley speeding up to Riley Newman. I think you'd lose less than 50 and into the girl on the right side, I think you'd win more than 50. So just literally thinking like that, you're thinking about your expected value will make you a better player. And you really have to think about what situation you're in, who you're playing with, who you're playing against. Yeah. So as well as Chuko talks about this all the time, you need to play the score. If you're not playing the score correctly, let's say if we're up 951 with the serve, I, I'd like you to go for some, you know, crazier shot. I wouldn't mind it at all, you know, maybe like a low speed up, like, and you missed it, I would not be mad because, you know, you're thinking about the score. It's 951. Yeah, take a little risk. But um, say that same scenario, maybe on like 5-5, that same exact ball, that low ding speed up. I don't know if I'd like it because the game's a little tighter, you know, the game flow's different. And especially if you're playing on defense when you're not serving, I'm not saying never speed up the ball, but think about the score. You know, if you, if you, if you miss a certain, a bad speed up, you're going to be giving away a point 
And, you know, so your, your mentality needs to be different on offense and defense, 100%. And that is something that so many rec players don't think about. And so many, even higher levels, I mean, they think about it, but sometimes I see some bad mistakes on defense. So I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying don't take spots on defense. I'm saying just think about it more. Do you enjoy thinking about the strategy of pickleball as opposed to just being able to physically perform? I enjoy both. I don't talk. I think I talk about strategy not too much, like because I, I just have I just feel like I have a good flow for the game. Um, but yeah, I can definitely talk about strategy with anybody to like Chuko. I enjoy it. Talking about, you know, if a ball goes to the right side, you know, we're obviously moving and pinching that person. Yeah, different strategies. Like if the girl's on the left, like I was playing with the last tournament, I was playing with the girl. The girl was a righty and the guy was a lefty. So we were just pinching her on that um, on that left side, which is a different look I don't really see. And we were just pinching. So just, just pinching and knowing where to be, who's covering line and who's covering middle. Yeah, I could talk about it for a bit. But do you enjoy enjoy while you're playing thinking about that oh i see like what in a tournament oh do you enjoy trying to figure out a strategy that will work against your opponents versus just being able to perform maybe maybe you you take a, a shot based on strategy versus based on a shot that you can execute Honestly, for me, when I'm playing a tournament, it's very hard for me to see the strategy. I mean, because I'm very flowy and I really see, I can, I, can, I can see it, but it's hard when you're playing at the time to like really like see the whole court. So I remember one time Chuko was there on the side and he can, he can really pinpoint because I'm exhausted. I'm moving around so much and Chuko can really see like the strategy. So then Chuko would shoot me the strategy and help me out because one, I think me and Ashley played mixed doubles and on defense, we were trying to unwind the stack. It wasn't working, but we kept doing it. And I don't know if it was because I was tired. Um, I didn't focus or something, but we didn't change it up. We should have just stayed. We shouldn't have, we should have stayed and not unwinded the stack. That's a part where I just forgot about the strategy because I was, I don't know if I was in the game, you know what I mean? Like, so it helps if someone's out there. I, I don't know. So I guess I don't like the strategy when I'm, pl I just like to play because I just forget. I don't know. I just like, I'm zoned in on the game. Yeah. Uh, leading into a tournament, how do you prepare? Oh God, I wish I could answer this better <laughs> because playing with your partner helps and just getting the chemistry right. I think the biggest thing that I still need to work on is uh, communication with your partner because that is the biggest thing. Look, if, if like you need to tell your partner what you're doing and what you are not doing because if you do not tell them before that tournament starts, those middle balls become disastrous and you don't know which balls are which balls and you like 100% need to know. So like you need to be honest with your partner and put um, like that ego aside. If you want forehand in the middle, like like you need to tell them and you guys can talk about talk about it. So yeah, you want to have like a transparent partner because I just think of the biggest thing is communication. How do I prepare for a tournament? Uh, yeah, just it's really like I just want to have a good partner that I can like communicate with. That's the biggest thing for me because I struggle with communication as far as like me, you, me, you, I should communicate more. I, you know, should be working out more probably. Like we're probably going to go running. Hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll go running. Um, you know, I don't do a lot of workouts. I have one day a week where I'm actually pretty tired and that's Wednesday. Um, cause I'll go from Burbank to Piccadilly and it's like a full day, like seven, maybe six hours of pickleball. I'm just jammed in there. But other than that, I'm not preparing that much, just preparing mentally and just being ready with uh, my partner. And these days, 
How much are you drilling versus playing rack? How often do you play? How long per day? I'll hit Burbank maybe like three days a week now for rec games, maybe for like two hours, three hours. And that that is not focused at all. Like maybe my, my friend Nick's there. You guys know Nick. So yeah, we're focusing, but not too much. Um, so yeah, I'll drill like instead, I'll try to drill in the afternoons now. I think that's way better. Um, if any of you watching, I mean, you've heard this over and over and over again, but it's true. You got to drill. That's how you're going to get better. You're not going to get better playing games. That's just how it is. So yeah, I'll drill maybe an hour, an hour and a half, like just doing like cross court dinking, um, resets, drops, drives, everything um, for like maybe like six hours a week right now drilling. Yeah about that do you think that's helped you get more consistent yeah get better what and what drills do you like and what do you think you see results from really see the translation into games um the biggest translation is the transition zone because you're not going to get the transition go- zone down playing games so you know you just have somebody there smashing it at me from the line and i'm just resetting balls you know trying to get low like vivian david or whoever yeah vivian david gets really low but yeah just resetting from there because I think that's the toughest spot for me and the toughest spot for a lot of players on the court to just get that ball back. That's a really good one. And then cross-court dinking, I'd like to do dingles instead of just doing it lackadaisical. That's a lot of thing. A lot of times I see players like do the cross-court dinking, drilling, and they just do it completely wrong. Like they, they will just stand on that corner dinking back and forth not because when you dink you need to come back middle so when you're doing that drill you need to come back middle and dink you know move yourself a little bit i see a lot of people just get lazy and just dink and then like stay on that line there as well as like cross court dinking when you're doing drilling there's no pressure from that other person when you're playing a game like stealing that middle ball if you leave one high so it's really lackadaisical um but i try to do dingles which is a fun little game how does that game work uh, that game works where you have four players and all of them are doing cross-court dinking and as soon as one person misses um you call dingles and that other ball is live and now we're in a little dinking rally and um whoever wins that gets a point and you go up to like 10 and that creates an atmosphere where it's like you know you have to focus because there's another ball going and you don't want to mess up because you don't want to start the dingles so so that helps because i get lackadaisical dinking cross court when i'm drilling and then obviously a little bit of hands hands is fun um obviously because i like my hands for lower level players learning how to sit backhand instead of forehand for blocking and for um using your hands you know because more space for covering your whole body with your backhand compared to your forehand you seem to have a great mind for the game in the fact that you can remember a lot of your past experience in tournament games when we're out on the court i mean it sounds funny to say but you always know the score and where people should be you're obviously very raw talented pickleball player can you just talk about that a little bit and why you think that you and your mind and your body fit the game so well oh thanks thanks first of all that was nice of you to say (laughs) I don't. I don't know. I think. I think the the it helps that I'm young. Um, just just like because the game's the game's trending towards being more aggressive. So the fact that I can move laterally, especially on the left side, I don't think there's going to be a winning team without a lateral player anymore. I, there just isn't. There needs to be someone aggressive at the higher levels and just moving around, creating a presence that needs to be there. And then as far as like, I feel like I I have a good feel for my partner. I feel like I can adjust to who I'm who who I'm playing with. You know. Like if I'm playing with more of a passive person, you know, I could turn on a little more aggression, a little more stuff just to compensate for how they're playing, you know, whereas if I'm playing with more of an aggressive player, we we can still be aggressive, but 
you know, I can sort of back off a little bit if, if that's what they want. You know, I think I think a lot of it is like just meshing with who you're playing. So, you know, I don't play the same. I don't play the same every time I play based on who I'm playing with and how we can mesh well together. Like George, George I don't know why I keep bringing up George, but <laughs> George, for example, he's super aggressive. So I'll let him be aggressive. Like I'll maybe I'll start slowing it down, being a call in a little bit, you know, like maybe sometimes I'll throw myself on the right with Nick and I'll, I'll be the call in, you know, and then like feeling out our opponent as well. I don't know. I just feel like I can I can feel out everyone else and just adjust accordingly. I think that helps. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. There was a time when you said, oh, this is just a hobby. But now I think that may have changed. Has it changed? And what changed that? Yeah, so it definitely changed. I'm going to try to play some uh, pro tournaments this year. I don't know what changed. I think before Takea, I really started to feel comfortable in my game. I'm like, wow, I started seeing myself feel comfortable in higher level games. And I was like, wow, I could, you know, maybe do this. And as well as some high compliments from some higher level players that were definitely like, you know, I could see you um, playing well in, in a higher level at pro tournaments. So I was like, okay, um, why not give it a shot? I, I can always be an accountant when I'm 40 or something. I can't always play pickleball and be young. So yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, I think, yeah, what changed was just just seeing myself just get better. Um, every, not every day, but just over time. So you were playing in some, some pro rec games and you got some positive feedback? Yeah, yeah. And you brought up Takea. You played all three events there. On there, my not Takea, the one, the new part I played with Daniel. That's when I started to feel my game was getting better. Not Takea. Takea was after that. Yeah. Um, you played three events there. Yeah, first time playing three events. And how was that weekend? It was great. Um, singles, not very hot on because I don't have the double handed backhand. Before we get into that, you played three events all at five zero. Yeah. Um, singles not so hot on because I don't have that double-handed backhand drive. So I was doing a lot of cat and mouse at the kitchen. I got one game off the number one seed, Ryan Gilbert, great player. We had some um, great points, but I ended up getting like maybe fifth, sixth or seventh. No, maybe like fifth or sixth. It was great. I just wish I could pass a little bit more. Um, I do a lot of cat and mouse around the kitchen line and it worked, but definitely not going to work against better players. You know, like Jason, Jason Adler's pass is just awesome. Ryan Gilbert was just passing me. And so singles was okay. Um, it's sort of that thing. Singles is like, oh, it sounds great when you sign up. But as soon as you're there, you're like, oh, after that, I was sore. I was like, oh my God. So I was like, damn, am I going to be ready for this next one? Um, was that the first day? Yes, that was the first day. It was, that was Thursday, break Friday, Saturday coming in for men's doubles with the boy Tim Fish. Unfortunate, he came a little late that first game, so we didn't get a warm up and we came out super cold against Shea Underwood and Porter Barr, Susanna Barr's son. Uh, yeah, I was unfortunate. I think we could have won that if we um, were definitely just a little bit warm. And we, I think we got eight, like straight cold. We should have called two timeout. We should have used our two timeouts to warm up, but I don't know what happened. I'm just like, I was like so disoriented. I think we go to the back draw. We went about three or four and then I actually ended up losing. I wasn't playing well. I think I, it's hard for me to play with Tim Fish because he's such a good player. The fact that he's a good player, I want him to have some balls. He's a lefty, so his forehand's in the middle. So that dynamic threw me off a little bit. 
I won't lie, like I wasn't meshing as well with him. And I think he wanted me to take more balls. And that's the part where we didn't communicate that well, like which balls were his and which balls were mine. Because I wanted, I, I think I wanted him to take more. I wouldn't mind it. But yeah, he's a great player. Like we were timid that last game and we definitely went out not playing our game, which I don't like. But um, that's how it goes sometimes. And that's how you learn in tournaments to just be better next time. So yeah, that was men's doubles. Then mixed doubles with Re. Okay, I don't think that bracket was soft. I mean, we had like, I don't know, I guess da Daniel McCauley and then like who else was in there? I forgot who else was in there. Do you remember? I can't remember either. It was like Mc McCauley and then... Will the will the guy that jumps? I don't know. I thought the teams were decent. I mean, it just worked out, and then we just uh, we won that gold. We beat Shelly and Bo in the um, what was it, in the gold medal match, and it was just yeah, it was just a breeze. It just felt like a breeze that tournament. Yeah, you've had some really good results in mixed. What do you think it is about your game that leads to success there? I love taking over in men's. I just I can't find that right balance of how much to take over because in mixed, there's obviously the girl there that sort of like creates a dynamic where look, look, like the two girls are the soft spots on the court. Because of that, it creates a dynamic where look, the guy's going to be coming over. Um, it's just natural. Whereas in men's, it doesn't happen as much. And I want to come over, but I think I just need to take like less like 60% of the court maybe. And I can't really find that balance as far as like, I know a lot of guys don't want to play the right side. So I, I think I'm just maybe try for more left side aggressiveness because it's like I said, it's trending that way and I'm just going to keep trying it. But I honestly, I, I just, I just, I don't know what it is like in just mixed doubles. I just like feel free. I don't know. In men's, I feel like I'm just trying to figure out how much to take and how to pick my spots better. Yeah, I'm just confused. Do you think you're going to try and develop your singles game more as you play more pro events this year? Yeah, work on my double-handed drive. And then I think when I get to the kitchen, my game is definitely better. But yeah, I'll definitely work on singles. Our running will help with that because <laughs> I'm going to be freaking gassed after playing uh, singles for sure. And how did you feel after the weekend after playing three events? It was fine. My body was only sore after the singles day and I, I felt like it was super fun. Obviously happy to get some redemption from the tournament from, from the mixed doubles and uh, get something from it because I was definitely bummed from not necessarily singles, but definitely men's. I was bummed. So I was happy to just get something under my belt there from uh, Takea. Nice. I want to talk a little bit about the mental aspect of pickleball and bad days or bad results. How do you deal with that? So I'm going to switch it to rec games real quick. If you're losing in rec games, that's awesome for you. And um, you should not be upset because if you're losing, you're actually learning something from other players and learning and seeing different balls that are actually challenging for you. You don't want to be going out in rec and just crushing. So a lot of players, I notice when they lose in rec, they get upset. But I'd rather you flip that around and be like, look, I'm losing, but I'm learning and losing. I don't want to just be winning. As far as how do I handle what was the question? Sorry. Just how do you bounce back from a bad day if, if you're not playing well or a bad result in a tournament? There's just pickleball variants, you know, you're not, you, you can't expect yourself to play at your best all the time. Um, you know, so if you just focus on hitting plus EV shots, you're, if you just focus on your expected value and some days the variance is going to be, you know, low and high and low and high everybody's going to have that. If you just focus on hitting the best shot you can every time, then you just know you're always trending upwards by hitting positive EV shots. Let's say me and you, Josh, we're on the same level. If we can handle our mental game the same, we have the same game. I have a bad day, but my mental is worse and you have a bad day, but your mental is better. 
you're going to play better. That's just how it is. And so the same player with a better mental game is going to perform better when they're playing bad. So it's about when you're playing bad, how can you stay there? It's hard. It's very hard. But how can you how can you play better when you're playing bad in essence? Because you need to be there mentally to just understand that it's going to happen and to just try to understand that if you have a better mindset about when you have a bad day, you're going to be better over time. And do you have anything that you say to yourself if you're having a bad day, like some self-talk or just any like tips that you would give out uh, how to keep your mental status high rather than getting down on yourself? A lot of pro players been doing this, but just like tap something on the, um, you know, the fence, tap your pedal on the fence, reset. I don't really talk to myself. I'm just mostly just please forget about the last shot you made that was horrible because it will not help the next point at all. So I just I always just try to forget about it and make the best point the next point. Yeah, I think that's great advice. How do you hear about the latest strategies or techniques in the game? How do you stay up on on where the game is going? Is it just sort of in the zeitgeist, in the, the rec courts, you kind of feel it out, that things are speeding up? How do you keep up? Um, definitely just watching the live streams. Um, you can tell that the more aggressive team is winning, the more, the more aggressive team has a positive EV and the less aggressive team definitely has a minus EV. You know, you guys are all going to laugh at me, whatever, but I definitely, if you don't, if you don't follow uh, Dane, Dane Gringich on Instagram, he posts a lot of good stuff on how to be aggressive and playing pickleball and mindset. Um, that's a lot of good stuff there. Yeah, he saw it. I really like his stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. And so you watch the like the pro events, the pro live streams. Yeah, and as well as just 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 playing with the higher levels at uh, Piccadilly, it's just getting faster. Like I don't think you're gonna win a lot of rallies just like dinking balls. I mean, yeah, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like you're not gonna win a lot of rallies just dinking, dinking and outlasting somebody because there's no more outlasting. It's it's gonna it's gonna get sped up. There's no more outlasting something. Yeah, and that's changed quick. What's your pickleball accomplishment that you're most proud of? Honestly, I really don't have one. I don't I don't know why. I'm just I'm always just trying to focus on just playing playing the best I can. I think that's the best accomplishment I can have is just focusing on me and just playing the best I can. The best accomplishment, I don't really know, you know. These tournaments are the results are good. They could be better, so I'm not like thrilled about them per se, but yeah, I think just just playing the best I can. What about your best tournament experience? I really don't know because there's just so much wait time in between pickleball tournaments, between your games. That's tough for me getting hot and cold and having to find a court to warm up. I know it's hard to change because they're doing a great job just finding all the courts and stuff. The, the best experience, I don't know. Tournaments are just grindy. <laughs> so the the best experience is just like just maybe having a good result. Um, yeah, the tournament itself. I like cash round robins. Cash round robins are definitely fun because there's cash incentive. Um, those are fun. The ones Jude puts on um, are super fun. And what's your favorite type of rec play? Do you like showing up at the park? Do you like getting a group of four together? Set round robin? Um, if my mood's just like to hang out, definitely just come to the park, hang out with Nick, rec play. If I actually want to play, um, you know, maybe get a four, like get a four, with your partner that's going to play for the weekend, you, you know, your future tournament partner, um, you know, get a four and actually have some good games. Because then when there's one person that's soft in the game, it definitely throws off the dynamic for every single person. Because then you're thinking, well, 
I could just win this point by going to the soft player and then you overcompensate by maybe hitting the wrong shot to the stronger player and you just don't want to be thinking about that at all. So if you really want to get a good game, you need to set it up because then you can focus on, look, no one's soft here. We just have to do the correct shots all the time. Just a set four would probably be the most ideal for focusing. You're going to enter some pro events this year. Do you have any in mind? Do you have your schedule that you've been looking at for the next couple of months? Um, yeah, I need to be better uh, looking at the calendar, but definitely maybe the APP Arizona and the APP San Diego. See how you can do in those lower level APPs. Sorry, APP, you are the lower level pro tournament, whether you like it or not, but I'm happy to play. Yeah, so definitely play those and then some PPAs, San Clemente for sure. I mean, I might travel around like, you know, maybe like I said, like around here, like Arizona, you know, closer to California for sure. I'll make a trip out there to see um, how I can do in those tournaments. And uh, yeah, my game's feeling great. So you played little to no sports in high school. Now that you're going to be playing pro, have played a couple of pro events, what does it feel like to suddenly be competing as a professional athlete? Um, yeah, that, I mean, it's 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 definitely different. I've only played one pro and it was tough. I mean, there are just no, like there's no soft spots generally when you get to the higher level. So it's going to be tough, but um, I'm ready to grind and try to find those soft spots every game. It's going to be super fun. Yeah, because because like I'm competitive, but you know, like if it's a rec game, like I'm not that competitive as far as like trying to win it all the time. But yeah, it's definitely going to be have to have to be fun to get my mental right and just like have to really compete hard in these uh, upcoming pro events. And so what are some goals that you have for this year? I'm definitely metal medal and a pro for sure that's really i'll be like accomplishments like when you're talking about accomplishments in these tournaments i was like am i really happy about meddling it's like eh, like sometimes the brackets were soft so but meddling in a pro would be absolutely that would be like an accomplishment like i want a medal in a pro because when you meddling in these like tournaments for me it was like that's ah, whatever but meddling in a pro would definitely be an accomplishment for me so that's the goal for this year i think i can for sure do it and what about any sponsorships do you think about that uh, are you hoping for one? Are you talking to anybody? Yeah, yeah. I got to talk to Tim. Um, I'm sure he's just starting up, but I love the Senox, so I'd love a sponsorship from uh, Tim. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm open. But yeah, I love the Senox, so I'd be happy to. I still I still rep Senox. Like, I'm always ripping Senox. Tim and Dane have been big influences on you. Anybody else currently influencing your game or that you work with on a regular basis to improve? Yeah, I probably should because I'm always open to critiques, but I haven't talked to anybody recently. Yeah, I definitely should talk to some people, some other people that influence my game. Court movement, definitely Riley Newman. Court movement, like I love, I love how he moves on the courts. Just like, just moves so well and just pinches you. I tried his pancake grip. I don't like the pancake grip, but <laughs> the way he can squeeze a person, like you want to make that person feel that you're isolating, that you're just nailing them in a coffin. And he just does that so well. Um, so yeah, maybe some Riley Newman there. J-Dub, the backhand flick for me, me and yeah, Nick and Nick actually has a stronger one. I got that from uh, J-Dub. Um, Chuko actually told me to start flicking a little bit and then I started flicking and then I actually used, I don't know what it is, like it's like a roller, it's like a tennis roller and then you like move it in a circle and it helps your wrist get stronger. So I did, I did a couple of those and you know, my backhand flick is actually feels like sometimes better than my forehand roll. So I, I really don't mind when I'm moving around on the left, like if I get 
on the right a little bit and then they, I leave that that space on, open on the left um, to just like come back and then flick it you know and it's just it just makes that kitchen look smaller and that's what good players do they make that kitchen look a lot smaller than it is so they're never comfortable if, if they know that you have such a long reach that dink that they have to make is just a lot harder and uh, it might cause them to pop it up. Whereas if you're not as aggressive on the line, they're going to feel comfortable going to that spot and not really have to worry about you doing anything. And if they don't have to worry about anything, then you're losing. You're playing correctly, but you're not playing at a positive EV at, at the most positive EV you can if you're not a threat anymore on the court. Do you and Rihanna have plans to play pro together mixed? Yeah, for the one in San Diego. And then I got to look at the calendar. I just say the pickleball tournaments, you need to do a better job with that website. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. So I just need to look at the webs the pickballtournaments.com and see what's going on there yeah but definitely some more this year for sure can you describe your ideal day here in socal play pickleball in the morning then get some lunch maybe play a little bit in the afternoon and in the night it's probably the most ideal day <laughs> i'm addicted to this <laughs> i love i love pickleball what is it for you that keeps you coming back? Why is it so addicting for you? I love that the game's getting faster. I love getting hands battles, just like fast, 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 move, 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 like your hands and like just moving laterally. It's fun. Um, just the game's fun when you have good players around. And obviously, like I said, I love just hanging out with everybody more than everything. Just like hanging out. It's like one of my favorite things to do. So I, it's like a win-win every single day. Love it. So let's wrap it up here with a little speed round. Drop or drive? Ooh, that's so close. No way. Okay, it used to be it used to be drive, but speed round, speed round, drop or drive. Okay, fine, drop. Tournament or rec? For fun or for I don't know. <laughs> I can't do speed round, man. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, okay, I'll, okay, I'll go. I go rec. Playing during the day or the night? Day. Left side or right side? Right side. No, I'm just kidding. Left side. <laughs> <laughs> Singles or doubles? Dubs. Mixed or gender? Mixed. Dura or Franklin? Dura. Favorite shot? Backhand flick. Favorite drill? Like you dink and then when you're dinking, you like look for a speed up and then your hands hand battle starts going. That's my favorite drill, yeah. And what are your favorite courts in SoCal? You already know, baby. Maxim Park <laughs> through yeah. through all the drama. <laughs> uh, if there's no drama, Maxim for sure. But there's a lot of drama in Maxim. <laughs> Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I really enjoyed watching you play and get better and better for the last year, year and a half. I'm looking forward to watching you this year. It's really a pleasure to watch you and to play with you. The way you think about the game, the way you execute the game, your social awareness on court with people at the park. I feel like you're a guy who just like really gets it. I wish nothing but the best for you. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, Josh. This was super fun, man. Thanks for listening. 